Can you imagine organizing your whole life around Christian ministry and a big part of that being able to play the piano like that and having a stroke and wondering if you would ever be able to do that again. I think we ought to just thank the Lord for his kindness to you, Larry. Thank you for your ministry and song. It's beautiful songs. Amen. You can clap if you want to. I do. We give praise to the Lord. Amen. I have a memory, uh, Brian. I, I remember the first time I ever saw you after we talked yesterday. It was quite impressive. It, Brian's being shy about this probably, but he was at Moody Bible Institute, and he was a part of a very popular group called the Watchman Quartet. They were all, back in the 70s, they all had, they were handsome. I think you had to be a handsome guy to be in the group, and you had to have a, a black mustache, if I recall. And, uh, and they got up and sang in chapel. I remember this, and I talked to you about it yesterday. I remember they got up in chapel, and you know, chapel would start with a big organ, big pipe organ at Torrey Grant. It was amazing. You know, those kids could play the organ. But the quartet got up, and they sang, you are the sunshine of my life. And I was like, wow, that was different. And then they also were capable of sacred music, and, and he was a part of that. Now, I don't know if you caught this. He said he was a missionary. That's not quite right. I, he, he didn't say the whole thing. He is not just a missionary, right? He and his wife are our missionaries. Did you realize that? They are our missionaries in the sense that we, we actually are a part of their team now. So it's kind of a big deal. And uh, it's sort of a neat thing. Thank you for your, my goodness, I love stories of the gospel. And <laughs> the guy with the shirt. That's powerful. You should take that everywhere you go. That's <laughs> just so awesome. Uh, it, I thought about a quote. I, wrote a, I read an amazing book on missions by John Piper one time. And I'm going to butcher the quote, but I'll get the essence of it. While you were talking, Brian, and I was thinking about you and Connie and us, you guys being Bethel missionaries now, I was thinking about how neat it is to be able to take our limited efforts, our local efforts, our temporary efforts, and connect them with God's global, eternal, and powerful purposes. That's what you do when you get to support missions and you pray for them and you track with them and you help them. You take your local efforts, your weak efforts, your temporary efforts, and you connect them with God's global purposes. That's what John Piper said in that book. And he said it better than I did, but you should just go ahead and read the book. And before I preach today, and before we teach in Ephesians, which we're so eager to do, I do think we want to give thanksgiving uh, to God for his watching over us and our physical health. And none of our people have, are traveling through tough water. They're sick, they're ill, they can't be here, they're aging, or they love to be in church. You know, there are young people, I, I don't want to be crabby, but there are young people that are distracted, or middle-aged people, they're distracted with other things today, and they don't come to church, or they come whenever they don't have something better to do. There are a lot of times older people who would love to be able to be in church, and they just can't. They just can't. And some of them will watch us online, and we want you to know we're thinking about it. We, we love you. And, uh, and hopefully, while we're still young, we have the good sense to value the things that we ought to value. And and be among God's people. And so I'm glad you're here today. And uh, we, thank, we, we thank God for you and thank God for his 
help for those who are ill. And Mark Havaso had a surgery this week. He's recovering, but he needs prayer. Carol Bliss is back from surgery, and I'm glad to see her. She's not quite as far down the aisle as that, so you don't have to walk as far out. So pray for Carol's continued healing as well. And uh, we also have uh, Mar Jenman going into surgery this week, and we want to pray for her. So would you remember those things as we pray? Let me just pray again, and then I want you to take a look at an amazing passage of Scripture in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 32. Heavenly Father, we are, our hearts are full. From hearing these reports from Brian about what's happening in the world among just a few of your servants in the world bringing truth and the gospel to peoples that are precious to you. And, and it stirs our hearts. It makes us want to, to, to connect our efforts with theirs. It makes us want to walk across to the neighbor and befriend them. It makes us want to invite kids to Wacky Wednesdays. It makes us want to play pickleball with lost people. It makes us want to uh, be faithful in reaching those that we can and makes us want to be a good example. It stirs our hearts that way. Thank you for that. But we're grateful for the music that was made this morning and uh, the, the worship that, look, you're so worthy. We, we always want to sing when we think about you and we want, to, we want to study your word today. So now as we give attention to your word, I pray that you would do a powerful work in us, a, a miraculous work. Transform us into your image, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So I love this quote. Um, let me read it to you from a fellow named Fred Craddock. Here's what he said, and I agree, but you're going to see it there. I know I need to be scolded, Craddock said. I know I need to be scolded. I need to be corrected, and I need to be instructed and exhorted, and I know I need to be called to repentance. But I also need for you, the preacher, to take me by the hand and let me walk off the size of my inheritance as a child of God. I need every now and then to run my fingers through the unsearchable riches of the treasury of God's grace and sing the doxology and go home. Isn't that a great quote? Sometimes I need you to give me a talking to, he says to the preacher. But then he says respectfully to the preacher, and sometimes I just need you to tell me who I am in Christ and send me home. Now that prayer, that comment, is he's on really good footing. And you know how we know? That's the structure of this book that we're studying. You know this. Um, maybe I borrowed this from Warren W. Wearsby. Can you remember that? World Wide Web Warren W. Wearsby. He's with Jesus now. I probably borrowed this, this little outline of Ephesians from him, and it's three W's. That's why I said that weird like that. Three W's. Our wealth, our walk, our warfare. How cute is that? Re Ephesians, the first three chapters, all it does is, and it has a couple of gorgeous prayers in it. It's, it talks about our inheritance in Christ, our wealth as every believer, the, the, the spiritual wealth of every believer. That's the first W. And then now as we get to chapter 4, it turns to our walk, and it specifically is going to say that. If these things are true about you, then these things ought to be true about you. And that's where we are now. A preacher doesn't have to work very hard in passages like this 
to find application because it's lying right on the surface of the text. You're going to see very clear, matter of fact, Paul in this writing is going to give us five really clear points of application. He's going to say it shouldn't like this, shouldn't look like this, and it should look like this. And it's ironic that our brother gave the illustration about being clothed in something new. That's exactly what our text is going to say today. Put that off, put this on. He was well taught. Mirror of the word. Put this off, put this on. This is what it ought to be like. So my message is called Ditch the Orange Jumpsuit. And you should like that because I'm kind of tickled with it. Ditch the Orange Jumpsuit. Our our walk. And in chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, you know, that is the pinnacle of the Bible talking about the reality of spiritual warfare. But we'll talk about that when we get to it. But what we want to do right now is all the wonderful things that we've done this morning. This might be the most wonderful, and that is let's look at the Bible. And let's read God's Word. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Now this I say, and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds, They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, in in this section... So he said, when he said Gentiles, he he just kind of meant, you know, pagans, unbelievers, not just non-Jewish people. This was a placeholder for not Christians. So he's saying, don't act like you're not Christians. You're Christians. Act like it. That's what he's saying. And he says three things in that that I just read, put off and put on. But in the middle, he says, renewing the spirit of your mind. So this is the heart of this text you're going to see as we're going to continue to read this, but... What you're going to see here is that the heart of what Paul is saying is put this off and put this on by thinking differently, by renewing the spirit of your mind. Now from verse 23, what we're going to see is five really clear examples of that very thing. He's going to use that same language five times. Here's, what it, here's, what it, here's where it goes. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self, created at the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. I, I shouldn't be teaching this while I'm reading it, but I'll just tell you, watch for this. Watch for the put off this, watch for the put off, put on this, and watch for the why, the theology behind the action. He's going to follow that pattern in all five examples here. Watch for that. Be angry and don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. 
Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander put away from you, along with all malice, and be kind to one another, and tenderhearted, and forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. So what, what I want you to 